Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Craft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. What God is saying today is blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So if somebody's ever said something ungodly to you, I don't care how godly they were. Don't walk in that counsel. Don't allow that thought process to get on you. Uh, but who, sta- who stands in the path of sinners? Sinners isn't like, oh, just bad people. Sinners are people who miss the mark. If you can picture a bullseye. Don't, don't stand with people who are continually missing the mark. And then sit in the seat of the scornful. You know, people who are scorners, people who are cynical, uh, are usually people who are unbelievers on some level. And that's why you got to deal with the cynical part of who you are. Because one of the reasons we're cynical is not just because of our personality, but because we just can't believe it. And so I want you to see the progression here. Blesses the man, the woman who walks not in the wrong kind of counsel, listening to the wrong kind of thinking, who stands, so we walk, then we stand, and then we sit in it. And a lot of people are sitting in some stuff that God never intended for them to sit in. And uh, so the Bible goes on to say this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night, the blessed man that is. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Everybody say, that's me. I'm getting rich. Today, you're going to walk out of here a little bit richer. A little bit richer in the word, a little bit richer. The ungodly are not so, but they're like chafe that the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But look at what verse 6 says of Psalms 1. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows the people who, who want to do things his way. And Sheila, I can remember early in my life, that's what I wanted. I, I wanted, God put in my heart early as a child that I wanted to do my life God's way. And it doesn't mean that I always have, that I've always pleased God. But there is a, a heart in me that wants to please God. And, uh, and because of that, um, I've, always been, I've always been hungry. I love what my friend Les Brown, who spoke for us a couple of years ago here, says. He says, people that win are people that are hungry. Hungry. Jesus said this, blessed uh, are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled, who hunger after God's way. So this is one of the weeks, Sheila, and of course, we live together. We, we live together. And, uh, and uh, this is one of those weeks where I, I studied a little bit more. I always usually read a book a week. This week it was four books and then two other books that I started. Uh, this week it was 37 different articles that I downloaded for not only because I read those articles and they spoke something to me this week, I did what I do almost every week, sent my kids articles from Inc., from Forbes, just thought processes, in other words, about growth, about personal growth and development. Uh, Whitney sent me a text back on one of the the articles because it was 10 words that successful people never, that they removed from their vocabulary. And so I sent that to my kids and I said, let's, let's agree on this, that these are words we're removing. 
And so anyway, in my study this week, I came across something. I'm always watching YouTube things. I'm always watching stuff uh, that relate to every area of my life, family, finances, uh, spirit, soul, body, um, relationships, marriage, parenting. And again, just because I hunger and thirst after God's way of doing things. And I came across a rich man. And uh, in fact, he's one of the richest men in America and certainly one of the most well-recognized men in America. And as I listened to uh, a presentation that he made, unscripted presentation that he made to a university full, a uh, classroom full of 18 to 20-somethings, um, I was not listening to it for any other purpose but because I wanted to hear how th this rich man thought in terms of context, not about money, but just about life. And as I listened to Warren Buffett speak to this class, I thought, I want our family of choice to hear what he said in those five minutes, because you're gonna realize where some of this message came from. When you come here on the weekend, by the way, I'll never forget meeting a pastor in Memphis, Tennessee, Sheila, when I was in my early uh, 20s, and I walked into his office and there was beautiful bookshelves that had been built and there were no books on the shelves. And I said, oh, you must have just moved into this office. He said, no, 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 I've been here for many years. He said, but I only read one book and it's the Bible. And I said, well, good for you. So anyway, my thought process was, there's a whole lot of good stuff we can learn from, come on, from a lot of different minds and thought processes. So for the next five minutes, I want you to lean in, and I don't want you to hear a rich man talk about money. I want you to hear a, a thought process that this rich man has that just might inspire you. Take a look at what inspired me this week. Watch this. Uh, well, I'll have you pretend I've made you a great offer, and I've told you that you could pick any one of your classmates, and you now know each other probably pretty well after being here for a while. You could pick, you have 24 hours to think it over, and you can pick any one of your classmates, and you get 10% of their earnings for the rest of their lives. And I ask you, what goes through your mind in determining which one of those you would pick? You can't pick the one with the richest father. That doesn't count. I mean, you've got to, got to do this on merit. But you probably wouldn't pick the person that gets the highest grades in the class. I mean, that, nothing wrong with getting the highest grades in the class. But that, that's not, that isn't going to be the quality that, that, that sets apart uh, a big winner uh, from the rest of the pack. Uh, think about who you would pick and why. And I think you'll find when you get through you'll pick some individual. You've all got the ability. You wouldn't be here otherwise. And you've all got the energy. I mean, you've got, you know, the, the initiative is here. The intelligence is here uh, throughout the class. But some of you are going to be bigger winners than others. And uh, it gets down to a bunch of qualities that, uh, interestingly enough, <clears throat> are, 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 are self-made. I mean, it's not how tall you are, it's not whether you can kick a football 60 yards, it's not whether you can run the 100-yard dash in 10 seconds, it's not whether you're the best-looking person in the room. It's a whole bunch of qualities that really come out of Ben Franklin or the Boy Scout code or so, whatever it may be. I mean, it's, it's, it's integrity, it's honesty, it's, it's generosity, it's, it's being willing to do more than your share, it's, it's, uh, it's just all those qualities that are self-selected. And then if you look on the other side of the ledger, because there's always a catch to these 
you know, free gifts and genie jokes. So you also have to, and this is the fun part, you also have to sell short one of the, your classmates and pay 10% of what they do. So who do you think is going to do the worst in the class? This is way more fun. And, and think about it again. And again, it isn't the, it isn't the person with the lowest grades or anything, anything of the sort. It's the person who just doesn't shape up in the character department. I mean, we look for three things when we hire people. We look for intelligence, we look for, in, for initiative or energy, and we look for integrity. And if they don't have the latter, the first two will kill you. Because if you're going to get somebody without integrity, you want them lazy and dumb. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, don't want them, you don't want them smart and energetic. So uh, it's that third quality. And, but everything about that quality is your choice. You know, you, you can't change the way you are wired much but you can change a lot of what you do with that wiring. And it's the habits that you generate now on those qualities or those negative qualities. I mean, the person, the person who always you know, claims credit for things they didn't do, that always cuts corners that you can't count on. I mean, in the end, those, those are habit patterns. And the time to form the right habits is when you're, when you're your age. I mean, it, uh, uh, it doesn't do me much good to get golf lessons now. If I'd gotten golf lessons when I was your age, I might be a decent golfer. But, but it, someone once said the chains of habit are too, are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. And I see that all the time. I see people with habit patterns that are self-destructive uh, when they're 50 or 60, and they, they, they really can't change them. They're imprisoned by that. But you're not imprisoned by anything. So when you write down the qualities of that person that you'd like to buy 10% of, Look at that list and ask yourself, is there anything on that list I couldn't do? And the answer is, there, aren't, there, there won't be. And when you look at the person you sell short, and you look at those qualities that you don't like, if you see any of those in yourself, you know, egotism, whatever it may be, selfishness, you can get rid of that. I mean, that is not ordained. And uh, if you follow that, and, you, and Ben Franklin did this, and my old boss Ben Graham did this at early ages in their young teens. They just, Ben Graham looked around and he said, who do I admire, you know? And he wanted to be admired himself, and he said, you know, why do I admire these other people? And he said, if I admire them for these reasons, maybe other people will admire me if I behave in a similar manner. And he, and he decided what kind of a person he wanted to be. And if you follow that, at the end, you'll be the person you want to buy 10% of. I mean, that's the goal in the end. And it's, it's something that's achievable by, by everybody in this room. So the way we say it is, the thing is never about the thing, but everything is about everything. So as I, as I listen to that this week, I, I want you to refer to your notes now, that if you're gonna have rich relationships, number one, you have to develop a growth mindset. Very few people naturally have a growth mindset. Everybody has a mindset. In fact, if you're a girl, you got a girl mindset. If you're a boy, you got a boy mindset. If you're white, you got a white mindset. If you're black, you got a black mindset. If you're poor, you got a poor mindset. If you're rich, you got a rich mindset. You see, the truth is, is that too often times our minds are set based on how we've been raised, what our ethnicity is. If you're an American, you got an American mindset. If you're a church person, you got a church mindset. And there are these mindsets that are developed. And so um, 
Something I wrote a few years ago, it should be in your notes. If you're not changing and growing for the better, nothing around you will ever get better. The converse is true as well. If you're not changing, or if you are changing and growing for the better, everything around you will get better. Too often times things happen in our marriage, things happen in our life. I call them controllables and uncontrollables. There are certain things that we can control, other things that we can't control. And in those areas, especially that we can't control, that make us feel helpless, make us feel hopeless. Somebody else's decision, somebody else that abused us maybe when we were younger, somebody that did something unfair, somebody that mistreated us, somebody that fired us maybe when we didn't deserve it. And then in the controllable area, maybe we've made decisions that we know we've made decisions and now we go through life and some of those decisions weren't the best decisions and we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that we've realized that our, our decisions today determine our circumstances tomorrow. But the reality is this, is that anything can change because anybody can change. Let me say that again. Anything in your life can change if you'll be willing to change. And that's what makes a growth mindset so important. You know, when I was 16, some of you have heard this story, some of you haven't, but when I was 16 and Sheila was 15 and January 20th, 1976, and we sat on the Blue Ethan Allen couch that her parents had, and I was asking her to go steady with me. And I said, hey, will you go steady with me? And I said, but before you answer, I said, I have this philosophy about how relationships work at 16. And, uh, and really what I was asking you, Sheila, was not to go steady with me. I, did, I didn't know how to say it back then, but what I was asking her is to grow steadily with me. Because when I asked her to be my girlfriend, I said, before you say anything, let me just show you what I th how I think relationships should work. And I took out a piece of paper and I drew this triangle and I put her on the left side and me on the right side and God at the top. And then I drew three arrows and I said, you know, Sheila, if you'll be your best for God and I'll be my best for God, we'll meet at the top. And I said, I think if we'll both individually be our best that we can be for God, then guess what? I think he'll work out whatever we need to work out between us. And I asked her, I said, does that make, does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? And you, you remember that conversation. Yes, Here do. we are 16 and 15, and I'm, I'm having this growth mindset meeting with you. And I didn't know to call it that, but, but really what I was saying is before you say yes, before you answer me, whether it's yes or no, I at least want you to understand, I want to be my best for God. And do you want to be your best for God? Because I decided at that point in my life, I didn't want anybody to be a girlfriend that wasn't on the same page with growing in the things of God. Well, and how many of you know, saying that you're going to be your best for God and doing your best for God are two different things. Absolutely. So as he began to communicate this, I thought that sounded like a great plan. And he said, you know, I never want us to leave each other mad. It says in the word of God, don't let the sun go down in your anger and give so foothold. And, and here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like conflict resolution before we've ever had an argument. Because you know what? God knew how many arguments we were going to have that we needed that, that whole leadership teaching. We because fought like cats and dogs for and a half years. We fought. We fought so much that everybody thought they will never make it. 
But because Sheila, you know part why? of but, Let yeah, me tell yeah, you why. Yeah, yeah, why? Because you were so much about personal growth and development and about us growing in our relationship with God, growing in our relationship with each other, that we just didn't do normal. We didn't just go have fun and go have, yes, we did, we have, did fun. have some fun times, he had some but fun. there was usually some type of little, whether there was an attitude or there was something that needed to be corrected and redirected, right? And so in that, you know what happens? that sometimes we can grow weary in that, that it's like, I'm good. And I don't want anybody to help me personally grow and develop, or I don't want to be challenged on any level. I have an attitude because I deserve to have an attitude because that, you know what, you made me mad. And, uh, and so, or I, I, I'm gonna treat you this way because you deserve to be treated this way. We have all these mindsets and right. reasons and justifications why we act the way that we do. And even as a young age, it was, we're developing in this, and he had this whole leadership thought process and growth process for our life that I'm just thinking, I'm a cheerleader, you're a basketball player. I just wanna go have fun, hang out at McDonald's, get me a Dr. Pepper and a big fry. You know, that just all sounded like good after a ball game. And, uh, but we had to have leadership talks. <laughs> So, they weren't leadership talks. <laughs> yes, they they were growth me. talks <laughs> about leading ourselves. And so, again, we're talking about developing a growth mindset, Sheila, because here, here's the thing. Like, for, I'm just giving you, so here's where we both came from. When it came to conflict resolution in yes. her house. Yes, let me say it. So what came to, in my house? First of all, she grew, grew up, up around girls. Three girls. It's a lot of girl thinking. Yes, baby dolls and sweet things and loving each other. But whenever we didn't love each other and we got mad at each other, well, we were all pleasers and we just didn't want to tell the other one that we were upset. So some of you've heard the story that I would go to my sister's room, who I have an identical twin. I would go to her room and I would hit her baby doll because I knew that that would upset her if I hit her baby doll, but I didn't want to tell her. But I knew if she saw it moved that I'd hit her baby doll. And then I would say, I would go back in my room and saw that my baby doll was not in the same position as her, as my baby doll, how I'd laid it on my pillow, that I realized that she had hit my baby doll. So that's how we knew each other was upset with each other. So here we are in this relationship. So how many of you know and, mindsets like that won't solve anything because <laughs> I didn't have a baby doll. Now listen, the family that I grew up in, very different. I'm the middle kid. She's the sweet little twin. I had an older brother and a younger sister with a sharp tongue and a sharp mind. And so I'll just give you one example. This was the way we handled conflict resolution. We're all sitting at the table. My sister's smarting off to me. And I said, you see this fork right here? If you say that again, I'm gonna fork you right in your face. And she said it again. Now I really wasn't gonna fork her. But when I went like this, she jumped and I popped her with a fork in the face. My brother, jumps up from the table, grabs me by the head in a headlock, 
and begins to slam my head into the wall until I passed out. That's the way we handle conflict. So, And I'm glad that he didn't handle me that way. That wouldn't have worked. So how many of you know we grew up completely different? And if I was thinking that's how I am, and if she was thinking that's how she is, we wouldn't be married today. But I have to say this, that because I didn't know how to communicate, because I never had had the conversations with my sisters to be able to converse back and forth about what I got upset about and then they explained to me. So there was no communication that way. So when we got upset with each other, what was my natural reaction was just to be quiet because I didn't know how to communicate my feelings. So it got to the point in our relationship because I would just say, I'm fine, I'm good. I don't need to talk about it. I will work through it. Is anybody there in this room that you're in that same place that there's a lot of times? Any other passive aggressive people in the room? <laughs> well, I'm just not gonna say anything. We're not gonna talk about but it. Some of it, some of it, yes, it's healthy, right? To just process it yourself, but eventually get to the point that you do yes. communicate so that you can, because there's always gonna be something that comes up a year from now, 30 days from now, that will come back up and you'll remember that same problem that you never communicated. Right. So what he did is he helped me communicate. So when I didn't want to say anything, he would just say, is this how you're feeling? Shake your head yes or no. And that sounds- Bill, remember this. So he helped me to know how to communicate my feelings by him talking, me saying, there would be times I'd go, and he'd go, okay, well, do you feel like this? Until he got it, it's like, ding, 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 you got it. And then I'd go, like, I, I made him figure me out as I'm trying to figure myself out why I can't communicate. Now, again, while that may seem crazy, that's a growth mindset. A growth mindset is, look, we, we, we are going to have to talk about it if we're going to work through it. So let's, let's figure out a strategy to do it. And so God helped us with that. But I share that with you to say that it's just like when I told her, and again, many of you have heard this, that when, when, after we talked about this and I said, look, um, when she said yes, I said, I'm gonna honor you on the 20th every month uh, because you said yes. And uh, that was, this month is 506 months that I've done that. Now, if I projected that on her, because that's my strength and that's my awareness, then we would be divorced today. In other words, just that one thing. If just that one thing, if I said, well, you never even remember the 20th. You don't honor me on the 20th. No, that's my thing. That's my thing in the relationship. Because what happens is you get to the point that you're just so disappointed with me. You're disappointed of what I'm not bringing. And it's not my strength to remember the 20th. I don't even hardly remember what date is what day of the week or that we're even in February. Are we in March? What month are we in? I'm just living day to day and I'm not always looking at the calendar. So that numbers are your strength. So I have other strengths and, that you and allow. And honor is my strength. And honor. So because yes. I just, and that's what I want to tell you guys. That's what I decided. I decided, look, I'm going to honor you. I didn't, I didn't expect her to honor me back in that way. And this is what happens in so many relationships that are poor and not rich is what I bring to the relationship is what I bring to the relationship. It's a part of my fingerprint to leave an imprint on this relationship. If I project what I'm doing and expect that back from her in the same way, we're not going to be rich. We're going to be poor. 
the, her love bank is not going to be filled. I'm going to be putting an unrealistic expectation on her based on what my heart is for the relationship. I don't honor her, so she'll honor me. I honor because I'm going to be an honorable person. And this is part of the secret, Sheila, in having a growth mindset is understanding what it is that you bring to the relationship. And it's in my study of growth and growth mindsets, um, one of the people that I've studied is Dr. Carol Dwick, who's a psychologist that has done research in the area of what she calls growth mindsets and fixed mindsets. And all of us here, whether we realize it or not, we've got a mindset that we have. And one thing I want Sheila to, to talk about, uh, Carol, just for a minute, how she came through this research of really over 25 years and some of the studies that she did. But I also wanted to say, Sheila, I have another book called Mindset, The New Science of Personal Transformation by Dr. Daniel Siegel and my rocket scientist friend who's here this morning, Chris Parker, gave this to me on my 51st birthday. And so seven years ago, here's what she said. She said, Pastor Keith, nine years ago, you set me off on a journey of personal transformation. As I read this book, the connections were made and I realized that the significant rewiring has occurred for me is the power of this integrity and the ability to really have the kind of future that I believe that I can have. Thank you for elevating my thinking. Happy 51st birthday, Chris Parker. But Chris, in this book, one of the things that stands out to me uh, is that in chapter 11, and again, this is, I don't just have books, I actually read books. And uh, it's the neurobiology of we. Just listen, the neuro, that's your mind and the biology, the organic nature of your brain. Uh, becoming advocates for one another. Uh, the brain is a social organ and our relationships with one another are not a luxury, but essential are the essential nutrient for our survival. So we think relationships are, are optional, but they're essential. Our brains are wired for, to be social and to be connecting with other people. It goes on to say this, the sensation of being with someone who knows you, who wants to connect with you after they know you, who has your best interest in mind, this is the essential nutrient that is missing from most relationships. So again, to be known, it, don't we all want it? Like, I want you to know me and still love me, you know? But not just know me, but want to connect with me. And then actually, and you hear me talk about this all the time, having people in your life that actually want your best interests in mind. But if you're not that type of person first, you see, here's the problem we have a lot of times, Sheila, is that it's very difficult for us to see the best in others because we're not striving to be the best version of ourselves. And so I have a hard time seeing the best in you because I'm not trying to be the best me. So I get on the worst side of life because guess what? How I see you is not really how you are, but it's how I see myself. And so based on the worst parts of me that I know about, how many of y'all got some worst parts? Then oftentimes that can become my filter. Watch this. If I don't get a growth mindset, then I'll think this situation is impossible. This relationship won't work. Why? Not based on how I see that person, but I don't see them for who they are. I see them 
through how I see myself. So this research was profound that, that Dr. Dwick did, and she did it, Sheila, with children. Pretty amazing. Talk a little yeah, bit about so that. So she was a Stanford psychologist. And what she ended up doing was writing a book on the fundamental differences of the way that we all think. Yeah. And, uh, and what she found even in her research was that many times it's not based on how we think is not based on the gifts and talents that we've been given or how we end up in our life. The journey of our life and where we end up and where we are today has nothing to do with our emotional intel our emotional intelligence our uh, uh just um, intellect yes it's a part of it but what more is a part of where we are today is how that we think yeah. and so she found this research because what she did is this is what it started the discovery is that she took these children they were all in a room she put these puzzles together that were just almost impossible and what she discovered is the majority of the kids in the room that they started to say, this is too hard, this isn't fair, this is not going to work. But then she discovered, as she began to observe, there were a couple of children, one little boy in particular that was 10 years of age, that he began to say, um, where I was, was that? hoping yes, that yes, this but would wait, be. I was looking, I was, oh yeah, here it is. I was hoping that this would be informative. And then one little boy put his hands old. together. I was hoping this would be informative. And he says, I love a challenge. So she, it began to make her think, why is there some children in the room that when they get a puzzle that's very difficult to put together, they're frustrated, they're upset. And then there's some children, they love information, they love a challenge. She began to think, what is wrong with them? So a 20-year journey began, and she, she went on this journey to discover how people respond to challenges and failure depends not on their failure, but on their mindset. So just like Pastor Keith said, there's a fixed, and it's in your notes, there's a fixed mindset, and there's a growth mindset. So what is a fixed mindset? It's when we view our intelligence and our ability is like it's written in stone. This is all we'll ever know. My, my abilities are based on where I am today. I never can grow past this. This is just what life is going to be. In fact, life the, is not going to be any different. Statement, uh, there's a lot of statements that could be made. But the end statement with an exclamation on somebody that has a fixed mindset is this. It is what it is. And if you've ever had that come out of your mouth, it's not because it is what it is. It's because your mindset is fixed and you've defaulted to is, it is what it is. My marriage is what it is. My business is what it is. Life is what it is. My health is what it is. It just is what it is. But there's another mindset and it's a growth mindset. So, and it's, so it's based on learning and growing and reading and listening, being open to personal growth and development. Because you know what? All of us have had things that have been spoken over us. We've been spoken maybe from our parents, maybe from a coach, maybe from a teacher. Somewhere along the way in your life, you've experienced some type of negativity that maybe some of you have been stuck in this fixed mindset because of what has been spoken over you but you can get into a growth mindset we see this in so many people's lives pastor keith has brought out people's stories you've probably read people's stories you know of people that they grew up maybe in poverty maybe this the the 
Things that have been spoken over them have been negative. Like we look at the life of Oprah Winfrey. She's told us that on her first job that she was fired, that she, you know, at that point she could have thought, you know what, I'm never going to amount to anything, but look where she is in her life. We look at Walt Disney. They said he had no creativity and no imagination. Went bankrupt seven times. Where would we be? Also, just even racism. Racism is a fixed mentality. Black people are this way. And it's reverse. White people are this way. In other words, it's a fixed mentality. And what's it, what is it based on? Your history. And that's where fixed mentalities come from. You know, my own father, um, Sheila, um, when I was, I had this dream that I could get a basketball scholarship. And it required massive amounts of my time. And I remember my dad telling me, look, you need to go get a job and you need to make some money. And I said, dad, if you'll... If you'll go, now, this, both, neither one of my parents went to college. So it's one thing to go to college. That's one mindset. But it's another thing to go to college and be paid to go to college or be on scholarship. I wanted to get a scholarship. So I was the first one to go to college and graduate in my family with the mindset of, I don't want to pay for it. I want them to pay me. And so I had to convince my dad of this and tell my dad, say, I say, look, on Monday through Friday, let me work on my skill. I said, it's going to pay off. It, it, it's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And, and, and I said, I'll work on Saturday. Let me work one day a week. And I said, for my gas and whatever. But I said, it's not me working in a gas station while I'm in high school is not my dream. So I can have a few pennies to spend on something. Dad, my dreams are way bigger than that. My dad uh, never worked for himself. Now, he, he had, he, in other words, he, he had a fixed mentality like many men did who grew up in that era. Get a job, stay there for the rest of your life, and hopefully have some kind of retirement. That's a fixed mentality. So that was one of the first deals that, I mean, my, my mentality was different than my, my own dad's because I said, Dad. And so I went on, and you know what was amazing? Is my dad said, in the end, here's what my dad said. He said, so what you're telling me is you're going to play basketball and they're going to pay for your school. I said, that's what I'm telling you. He said, for everything, I said, for every pencil, for every piece of paper, for everything that I use. And he said, well, if you think that can really happen, but if it doesn't work, you're going to get a job. Yeah. So, so in your life, you can grow past any experience that you've had. And if you can take on that mindset and say, I'm not going to have a fixed mindset that because I'm divorced, because I've been rejected, because I was released from my job, that God doesn't have greater things for me. So that's taking your mind to that fixed mindset, to a growth mindset, saying, I'm going to grow, I'm going to read, I'm going to listen, and I want to be better. But you know what? Even beyond that is how you see the universe, how you see God. Because we've all got, you know, in our own lives, abilities that we all have and gifts that we all have and the ability that we have to personally grow and develop. But beyond that is a God who wants to give you more than enough. Yeah. He says, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. He wants to give you wisdom beyond your years. Yeah. He wants you to mount up on wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. If we know that we serve an almighty, powerful God yeah. like that, how much more can we do in our lives if we'll access the God of the universe? But for people that don't have an, a, a mindset that there's a God out there and he's got so much more for me, then we're going to stay stuck. We're going to stay fixed. We're going to say, this is just where I am and God doesn't have anything more or, you know, or there isn't a God and he doesn't want anything good for me. So when we grow beyond that and we say, God, you are more than enough for me and you can give me beyond any of my own insecurities, my weaknesses, my frailties, anything that I have, you can make the difference as I press into you, as I spend time with you. You know, we see it in the life of two people in the Bible, Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. You know, they went to a land that there was giants in the land. But you know what? The 10 spies around them said, we can't take that land. There are giants right. in the land. Big walls. But what did Joshua and Caleb say? We are well able because they had a God that would be able to be there for them, to help them, to strengthen them, to go over there and said, we are yeah. well able. And then we see the life of David, David and Goliath. You know what David's mentality was? He went over there. He was just a little boy with a slingshot. But he said, look at that giant. How could, we, how could I miss hitting that giant? Well, you know what everybody else around him said? How can we not? We, he's too big to hit. So we can't hit him. He's too big. How look many, how big he how is. How many of you guys are in sales? Let me just see your hands. All of you are. Everybody raise your hand. You're in, if you're a parent, you're in sales. How I many you know that? You're selling, you're selling it. So everybody's in sales. So in, there is an old story in sales, and, and here's what it is. A guy goes to this remote island, and he's a shoe salesman. And he calls and says, hey, nobody wears shoes here, come get me. And then another salesman goes over here and says, send me a boatload of shoes. Nobody has shoes. It's always about a mindset. It's always understanding. And I, I didn't know how to process this when I was 16. But I, I knew what I wanted for Sheila and I, if she was going to be my girlfriend, that, hey, we're going up. We're, we're going to elevate. Let's be our best for God. And, it, and what I was really saying is, before we get to go there, we've got to grow there. What are you believing about your future? What do you want for your future? What kind of marriage do you want? What kind of family do you want? What kind of business do you want? What kind of finances do you want? It's not like, man, I hope my ship comes in. I hope I win the lottery. Man, I hope I get a better job. I hope I get a raise. No, 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 no. I determine where I'm going by how I'm growing. You've got to grow there to go there. So, so again, how many of you have got some dreams? Come on, you've got some dreams. They're not just going to happen. All things are possible with God. If you'll grow in God, the dream you have is the dream he's dreaming through you. And it's awesome. So again, let's just get to some, some uh, practical stuff and then we're going to be through. Growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And I can't talk about these a lot because of time, but life by design is a growth mindset. Marriage by design is a growth mindset. Business by design is a growth mindset. A fixed mindset is a life by default or thinking by default. A growth mindset, and here's, I've got a whole chapter in my book on this, is Growth mindset is leadership. A fixed mindset is normalship. 
How many of you know there's just some things about you that are normal? There's some things about you that are very normal. And let me just tell you, the normal part of you is your greatest challenge to overcome. The normal part of me last night was I have a cheeseburger and cheese fries and onion rings and a shake and Coke Zero to wash it all down. <laughs> Every Saturday night, that's what I do. It's my one hamburger of the week. It's my normal. <laughs> Is that what makes you grow those muscles? No, Sheila, it's not. It's this other thing right here that is growing. In fact, yesterday alone, I gained five pounds. Now here's what happens. We start growing the wrong way, but where was I this morning when you got up? You were on your exercise bike. Now let me tell you why. Because things grew the wrong way yesterday. <laughs> so guess what I did today, the first thing is I said, no, we're not gonna keep going. I'm not gonna have another hamburger. I'm not just gonna keep going. You see, here's what happens in our life when we have a fixed mindset. Well, I can't change this, I can't do anything about it. Little Whittle, who was leading worship up here, when she was 11, she was starting to get overweight and she came to me and she said, she goes, Daddy, I don't wanna be fat. Now, I didn't say that to her. I don't want you to be a little fat little girl. She came to me and she said, I don't want to be fat. I said, okay, if you don't want to be fat, then let me help you. You want me to help you? She goes, yes, sir. Now, listen, there's not any of us in here that whatever we would perceive as what we don't want to be. I don't want to be poor. How many of y'all don't want to be poor? Come on. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be, I don't want to be mad all the time. I don't want to be, whatever it is that you don't want to be, there's a price for you to be different. And so at 11 years of age, I said, Whitney, put your hands in my hands. I said, it's going to change right now. She said, okay. I said, we're going to go get on the treadmill. Not once, not twice, but by the time you go to bed tonight, we'll do it three times, 30 minutes a time. I go, I don't, listen, it's not about whether you're fat or not to me. You're my little baby giggles. But if you're telling me I don't want this, then we're going to fix it. For the next seven days, she lost 11 pounds and she discovered something. I can do something about whatever it is that I don't want. I'm not here to tell you what you want is right or wrong. What I'm here to tell you is a growth mindset is to transcend your normal that's got you where you are, that's got you in a fixed mindset to say, hey, I'm not gonna keep putting on five pounds a day. I'd be walking here next week. Y'all be going. <laughs> now listen, I'm not trying to be critical that if you have any kind of weight, that's not it. My point is, I don't want it to go that way. So this morning, I did the last thing I wanted to do. And I said, body, you're, you're fixing to get your butt kicked. That's what I did. Good. Okay. 
but I can't wait to eat. I can't wait to eat. We're going to be through in just a minute, I promise. Some of y'all are hungry. You salivate right now. Listen, I wanted to tell you, too, when Pastor Keith, he talks a lot about food, and he talks about weight. That's because those are areas that he deals with, right? He's a celebratory eater. He loves to eat. I love to eat. But he'll do whatever it takes. Some people don't love to eat. They just eat. Uh, It's me. Man, every time, like I'm going to eat, I'm going, what am I going to eat? And how much am I going to eat? And how many different things can I eat every time? And y'all said, okay, all right. So growth mindset, it's okay, by the way. Growth mindset, listen, I want to be my best fixed mindset. Listen, I want to be me. See, it's a fixed mindset. It says, look, I just, I just want to be me. No, 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 you want to be better than me. You want to be your best. You got one life. By the way, God calls this his temple. God calls you his son and his daughter. Spirit, soul, and body. Growth mindset says, I want to reach my God-given potential. Fixed mindset says, you know, I, I just want to be happy. That's the normal in all of us. And nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. Hey, we all want to be happy. But the truth is, Happiness is on the other side of you pressing towards the potential that you have. A lot of things I could say on this, but is Mark Renfro here today? He's skipping. Okay, so Josh, Josh, Josh has become a voracious reader and studier himself. And let me just tell you something, real, real quick story here, son. Okay. Uh, Josh doesn't talk a lot. And... Uh, Sheila doesn't talk a lot, so I kind of prod both of them. Keila, she talks a lot, and Whitney talks a lot. But Josh, one time we were, we were together, and it was a day off, and he was in his early 20s, and I thought, I'm not going to talk to Josh. It was just him and I in a room watching television, or I was. He was reading. I said, I'm going to see how long... It will go until he says something. So I intentionally did not talk to him. Six hours passed. <laughs> and he's laying on this couch with an iPad reading the whole time. And he goes like this. How you doing, Dad? I go. I'm awesome. He goes. Okay. So thank you for being willing to talk to them just check. for a second. Just check on you. So, so hey. Yes, uh, sir. So Mark Renfro, what did he tell you? So, yeah, this week me and Mark were talking, and Mark's been a leader in our church for a long time. And he was telling me about his, he had a former boss that said, um, one of the surest ways to get fired is to continue to have potential. Okay, so just stop right there for a minute. You ever been around anybody that's saying, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And the truth is, it ain't about getting there. I'm already there. Take a look around. Anyway, that's a song. I'll just go on here just a second. But the fact is, a growth mindset says, I've got potential, and I'm going to do everything I can to reach my full God-given potential. I've got one life, 
and that's what I've got. Next, I will pay my price is a growth mindset, a fixed mindset. I'll pay what I have to. You know, I've spoken in public schools for, well, since the early 80s. And one of the things that we've told students, over 6 million students, is this. That when you take a test and when you sign your name to it, if you have to do it and you don't give your best, then you'll go through life writing checks that way. You'll go through life signing contracts that way. That your name matters. And the truth is the price that you pay to be who you are matters. A growth mindset says I want to add value wherever I go. A fixed mindset says I want to feel valuable wherever I go. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. It's like, I don't feel valued in my marriage. I don't feel valued on my job. I don't feel valued in life. I don't feel valued. Let me just give you a secret. The more value you add, the more valuable you'll be. The more value you add to your marriage, the more value you add to your circles, the more value you add to your family of choice, the more valuable you will be. That's just how it works. And then a growth mindset says, I am proactive. I'm thinking I'm, I'm pro means forward. Everybody say forward. I'm, I'm forward acting no matter what's going on right now. I'm th- but but a, a fixed mindset says I'm reactive. So if something negative happens, I'm negative. If something bad happens, it's unfair, then my attitude sucks. In other words, a lot of people get stuck in that fixed mindset because they don't realize they have the power to be prosative, to be forward and positive and, and deciding, like I did this morning, Sheila, before I got up and I, and I said, before my feet hit the ground, many of you guys know this, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who's my strength. And I say those things before I get up because I'm making a declaration to be proactive, to speak those things that are not as though they were. I have no, no idea what even the rest of this day will hold. But I've decided this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. Put an amen on that. And then next, I can do all things through Christ. And then a fixed mentality says, I either can or I can't. And that's where a lot of people are. I just can't do that. Well, I can't. No, I can't. I can't, I can't change it. I can't fix it. I, I can't do that. I can't. No, you see, here's the truth. When you are having a growth mindset, really, really hear what I'm about to say now. This is the word of the living God. That means it's the living word and it works. Would you put an amen on that? And here is what the Bible says. I, say it if you know it, can do. Now let's stop right there for just a second. It's not that you have to do all things. It's just the things you decide to do, you can. You don't have to do all things. It's just, I can do all things. Watch this dot, 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 that I decide to do through Christ, who is my daily strength. He's my daily strength. So whatever I decide to do, you don't have to decide to do anything. But whatever you decide to do based on your proactive growth mindset, I can, I'm going to live on that side of life, not on the, well, there's some things I, I just can't do. And then finally, a growth mindset says, I want to get better. And here's what a fixed mindset says, I want things to be better. You know where most people are? Man, I wish my job would be better. I wish I'd get a better job. I wish, man, I wish, I just wish things were better. I wish things were better in the world. I wish, 
you know, I wish this and I wish that. But let me just say this. Listen, when you have a growth mindset, you decide, I want to be better in my marriage. I want to be better in my job, in my business. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman. I want to be a better Christian. I want to be better. And I don't just want things to be better. I don't just want her to change. I love what Gandhi said. And by the way, Soren Kierkegaard, great philosopher, said, all truth is God's truth. So I make Gandhi give God praise. And here's what Gandhi said. He said, be the change you want to see. So if you want to change in your life, be that change first. If you want your marriage to change, be that. However you want her to be or him to be, be that way. But then the, my favorite Gandhi story was one time he was on a train and one of his shoes fell off the train. And all of a sudden he took off his other shoe and he threw it out at the train. They said, why did you do that? He said, because the person that found one now has one to match it. Let's be those kind of people. Gandhi also said this, I wanted to be a Christian until I met one. Let's be the kind of people that want to be a Christian because you're a Christian, because I'm a Christian, because I have a growth mindset. And I have this, watch now, growth mindset. I believe this with all my heart. The growth mindset that says, whatever I just walked into can change for the better because I'm here and greater is he that's in me than whatever else is going on right here. I believe that with all my heart. And I invite you to believe that too. That you know what, no matter what's going on, oh man, look what I walked into. No, that's exactly right. Look what, look, look what needed you to walk into it. Look what, look what needed the God that's in you. Because with man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Let me pray for you. And you know, those of you in McKinney watching right now, would you just bow your head with us? And I just want to pray for all of us because guess what God is calling us up to? He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. And then he goes on to say this, my word will not return void, but it will prosper wherever I send it. Watch this, if where I send the word, has a growth mindset. You've got to be willing to grow the word in you. And I want to ask you a real honest question. I'm asking you and I'm asking our McKinney campus this as well. And just be honest and respond immediately. You know why? Because everything is going to change in your life with how you respond to it, with what you decide. And if you're here and you'd say, you know, as I've listened to this message, one of the things I've realized is there's just some fixed mindsets in me that need to change. And I know it. And I can't tell you what that is, but you know what that is. But if you're here and you say, there's some fixed mindsets that I've had that I know are holding me back, that are limiting me, that are putting a lid on my potential. And today I want God to help me move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. If that's you right now, I want you to stand up all across this place. If that's you right now, I want you to stand up. I don't want you to move anywhere except I just want you to stand up. Because here's what you're saying right now. I'm not satisfied with the fixed mindset. You know what a fixed mindset is? He'll never change. You know what a fixed mindset is? She'll never change. You know what a fixed mindset is? That'll never change. You know what a fixed mindset is? Things can't get better. I have a guy sitting right down here on the front row, Steve. 
And you've heard me share this many times. His father died. What, 43? How old is your dad? 41. His father died. And what did he die of? A heart attack. He was severely overweight. And he really thought he couldn't do anything about it. Did it? Didn't he think that? And Steve adopted that same philosophy. And then one day, he got a growth mindset. I can change. This can change. And Steve, it wasn't about the weight, was it? That's one of the conversations you and I had. It's not about the weight. It's about the mentality that thinks I can't do anything about it. Let me tell you something. You can do something about whatever you decide to do something about. You can do something about it. And it starts right here, right now. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's new book, Your Divine Fingerprint. And visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.